Welcome to episode 12 of Button Key Games Cast. I'm Jordan, and this is Evan, and we're here to enjoy some beer and talk about some games. Some games. Now, you see, at the end of Avengers Endgame. Endgame? Endgame. I was, thank goodness you interrupted me because I was about to drop some mad spoilers. It's my best uh, Jablinski games. Games. Everybody should have a, a good Jack Black impression. Not because he's like unique in any way, but just because Jack Black's a fun person. Uh, he's unique. <laughs> Jablinski games. Jablinski I heard the ninja stole his Delgado. He stole his Delgado. Yeah, that was a little while ago. You're a little behind. Yeah, that was a while ago. Anyway. But that's that's what I think of when I think of Jack Black in video games. Yeah. And Jumanji, because Jack Black went into a video game in that movie. I think of what's Jablin's Jables. What's Jablin's Jables? And then I think of no gaming this week, because that's <laughs> pretty much every episode. Well, now that we're done giving the props to Jack Black for <laughs> yeah. his great quote-unquote gaming channel, I think he actually played a few games. He has. He, he has it's played weird. a couple It's things. weird now. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about him it's, playing games. It's great. That channel's great. If you haven't watched Jablinski <laughs> Games, look it up. It's amazing. It's really good. It's really good. It's one really elaborate PR scheme for Jumanji, but it's really good. <laughs> this is what it feels like sometimes. Like, man, if it is, can, this is brilliant. Well, he is filming Jumanji right now. Yeah. So it makes sense. Jumanji 2, that is. Yes. Supposedly the, the, the title. The Rock yeah. Jumanjis. Yes. Um. I will have Avengers thoughts at the very end of the episode, so you guys don't have to go skipping around, and those will not be spoiler at all, because Jordan hasn't seen it yet. Yeah. And I wouldn't do that to him. You better watch yourself. So. I see it on Sunday, so I'll have seen it by the time you hear this, but still. Well, I have seen it by the time we're talking about this, so. It's true. Uh, How's your beer this week? Um, well, I don't know how it is yet, because I haven't what's drank the, it. What's the beer this week? This week is uh, going to be a repeat of last week. It is good. Uh, Omission Brewing Lager. At least it's good enough to drink again. It is. Did you... I, I don't know how you feel about hard lemonade, but Devil's Backbone released uh, a hibiscus hard lemonade, and it's gluten-free. I mean, I guess I could try one. I'm usually not one for real sweet stuff. It's probably pretty sweet. Yeah. And another stipulation of what I'm doing is no added sugars allowed. Yeah, I don't know about their sugar game. Yeah. But, uh... Only natural speaking sugars. Of, speaking of Devil's Backbone, I'm drinking a beer. Not from Devil's Backbone. Uh, this is from Boulevard Brewing Company in Kansas City, Missouri. So in the far distant land of Mo, uh, and this is the space in uh, <clears throat> excuse me the land of the Mo. <laughs> <laughs> that is better than the land of Mo. You're right. Should have caught that one on the way in. Uh, this is the Space Camper Cosmic IPA, and this is the first I've ever had from Boulevard Brewing Company, and I'm hoping that it's good. The can is fantastic. Mm. It's got it is kind of sexy. I like it. It's got a space lady on it, and yeah. she's the only color, but the rest is monochrome. It's and real you, good. You kind of look like a space camper with your, your hood on and everything. 
just channeling the dark side. You're just camping out in in the the space force. I don't know if you've seen a little movie called Revenge of the Sith, but there was a guy in that movie who wore a dark hood, and I thought he was pretty cool. Yeah. And no one has no one else in that saga has ever worn a dark hood. Yeah. Nobody. It's unheard of. It was actually pretty mind blowing when you first saw it. Was it that he was just wearing a hood? Mm-hmm. It's like, man, what a fashion statement. <laughs> what a fashion statement in this space epic. Mm. Uh speaking of Star Wars. I'm gonna hit the segue, watch it. You ready? Yoda was in a fighting game one time, and I've been playing a fighting game called Mortal Kombat 11. I think you're trying too hard there, man. No, dude. I think you're reaching that for that segue. Off, no, dude. That was off the top of my head, and I nailed it. <laughs> we'll go with it. We'll allow it. Okay, good. The segue, the segue judge will allow my segue. I'll allow it. Um, yeah, I've been playing Mortal Kombat 11. How is that? Uh, I guess I'll start off saying I'm not much of a veteran when it comes to fighting games. So take my impressions as a person who wants to enjoy fighting games but has yet to do so. Okay. Um, There's a lot of stuff surrounding this game, which I'm sure we'll get to. But I'll just start off with the pure gameplay of it. Um, And I guess the best place to start is the tutorial Hmm. because the tutorial in this game is a hundred percent incredible. They do such a good job of teaching you not just what, not just the basics like moving and jumping and blocking like a lot of tutorials do in fighting games uh, and not just what's unique about this fighting game, but they do a lot of stuff to teach you about Uh, Just fighting games in general. So once you do the basic tutorials, like here's how you move, here's how you block, here's how you punch people. uh, They get into like teaching you strings, which is normal. uh, And strings are just a a quick set of commands, usually like three or four buttons long uh, that you do to start a combo. And then it's like, here's how you continue the combo. But then it gets into frame data. And teaching you about how to learn how a move is built so that you can properly uh, use it in a fight. So it teaches you stuff like, here's the startup frames. So this is the frames that it takes for the move to come out before it starts hitting. Here are the active frames. So here are the number of frames uh, at which your character is hitting the opponent. And here's the recovery frames. So here's how many frames it takes for you to get back to a point where you can pull off another move. So what do you mean by frames? So like there are 60 frames per second. Okay. So like how is that going to work at 144 frames per second? (laughs) Uh, It's just like it's just how they count the fighting move frames. Hmm. Um, I don't know what they what they do, but uh, I think they just have like a base. like number that they say this is how many frames it takes for this to come out it doesn't like alter based on how many frames your rig is getting or anything like that Hmm. i don't know i'm Um, just curious never 
I don't know. I'm not a. I mean, if you, if you want to do the either. math, you can probably figure it out. Yeah. But so so if you're running at 120 frames and their their math is in 60 frames a second, just multiply everything by two, and then you'll have the proper amount of frames. 144 is a is a harder multiplication job or it division job. It is harder, job. but yeah. just stick with me. I'm sure we can do it. You have All a calculator right. on your computer there. I don't know, man. Math is hard. Um. But not only that, I think the most interesting part is they teach you about uh, moves that are safe on block and not safe on block. So if you throw out a move and this guy blocks it, how safe are you going to be versus how open are you going to be? And that just unlocks in my mind a lot of things that I kind of never thought about uh, fighting games. Yeah, it's really interesting kind of the impenetrableness of the fighting game genre. Uh, It's just a lot to take in and they never explain it to you. So to finally have a game explaining to me what the heck a frame trap is, what the heck it means to be safe on block, what the heck it means uh, to learn about frame data and learning about matchups so they just give so you the tools to get to the next level that they give you the tools they haven't really to given you start practicing to become much better at this fighting game it's interesting uh, and then they have separate tutorials for each character um and it's kind of like a foundational tutorial for how the character should operate so in fighting games you have different styles of characters so you have like grapplers you have zoners you have people that are really aggressive i don't know the proper name for it um but it says like here is how you should play this character uh i've been playing as Jax, who's a grappler uh which means he really needs to apply pressure a lot of the times because he doesn't have a lot of range to deal with yeah um so if you're if i'm playing Jax and i'm not up in somebody's face I'm probably getting my my butt handed to me uh, and learning how to operate around that. Uh, So that being said, the fighting feels really, really good. Uh, And it's not as juggle heavy as 10 was. 10, you can kind of get juggled to pieces and it just means you're up in the air and you can't do anything to stop it. Uh, And it kind of sucks. This one, there are things in place that make it so you can't get juggled like that which is good. And it makes it so uh, the person you are fighting against, ha- he can't just get lucky once and then know that combo string. He has to like have skill in getting in and knowing how to get that first attack in and knowing how to defend against you because yeah. you can't just crush a guy in one go. As far as fighting games go, the story mode is excellent. Uh, it is ridiculous and silly and dumb. And that is all things that you want to hear from a Mortal Kombat game. As long as there's a lot of blood, yeah. There is a lot of blood. There's 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 a couple fatalities that are messed up, but one like one is like gonna haunt my dream. But so, I'm I'm I'll talk about that in a second. So so I've heard um I haven't played the game, but I've heard uh-huh. that a lot of the fatalities are locked behind a paywall. Is that true? No. I say true. that like I say that like that out of frustration. Okay. Um because there is a lot of 
nonsense surrounding this game. Uh, so, but before I get before I get into all that nonsense, uh, okay. Ronda Rousey plays Sonya Blade in this game. Ronda Rousey's not a good voice actor. <laughs> uh, it's really bad. Uh, everybody else does pretty well, but Ronda Rousey is just stiff as a board, and <laughs> it's not good. Yeah. Um, she's rowdy though. She is rowdy, Ronda. Rowdy, rowdy. Ronda. Um, I have that shirt. Uh. There is this game has a 2.7 or like a 3.0 on Metacritic right now for the user score. Ooh. Uh and there is a lot of nonsense going on with this game right now. I will say right now this game does not deserve a 2.7 or a 3.0. Uh I get some of the complaints that we'll get to, but a lot of it is a bunch of bull. I guess it initially started out with uh Let's call it boob gate. People are mad that the women in this game aren't more scantily clad like they were in previous games. Huh. That's, that's obviously dumb and a ridiculous reason to yeah, it's say, dumb. That a, say that a game is bad and star view bombing it. Uh, the next thing that came out was like other fighting games when you play through the arcade mode. Each character has like a what if ending. Uh, yeah. And the whole gist of this game is that your final boss is named Chronica and she controls time. Sounds so, about right. So once you beat Chronica, she gives your character a wish and every ending is character specific. Uh, one of the characters named Jax is an African-American man. And his wish was to stop slavery from ever happening. And all the nonsense about like, get woke, go broke and nether realms is too woke. Uh, and all that like political jargon started happening. Um, here's why that's bull crap to think that a black man might want to, end slavery if he had the chance or make it never happen uh is out of the realm of possibility you're ridiculous uh it's not a reach and we don't get political on the show but uh get your head on right you're being dumb so wait, wait what is the argument against the fact that he did that i don't know if i, if I follow the, people are mad uh so there are people that are saying Netherrealm is now too woke because they had an ending at which they... I was saying they're they, just basically like being kind of PC. Yeah, they're saying they're being too politically correct. Okay. But I feel like any human would, would you know, nobly wish the same thing. Yeah, I wish that slavery never happened. I yeah. think that's... I think that was a terrible time. Yeah. Uh, and if you think that's any way politically charged or anything you are a terrible person yeah that's because, kind of that's kind of ridiculous come on guys uh that's that's messed up and to especially say that a fictional or even real life african-american man would ever dare wish that slavery didn't happen is ridiculous so another bad reason to review bomb a game uh i have problems with review bombing already but this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, 
I guess the most reasonable reason for this game being review bombed is uh the grindy nature of the game. So so you've heard of MKX? MKX? Yeah. Yeah, the the last game. So people are calling this one MTX. Oh god. I'm just kidding, <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> uh no, but that sounds like something people would say about this game. Yeah. Yeah. Um as of as of now, as of Friday, April 26th, there is one microtransaction currency in this game. And it can only buy stuff from a rotating store. Uh, there was a Reddit user who posted and said, hey, we did the math. And to get every single skin in this game, which there are like, there are like 30 skins per fighter. And there's technically like five skins and then a bunch of color palette swaps. Uh, they said they were like to get every skin, you'd have to pay six thousand six hundred and something dollars to get every skin in this game. I saw that. Uh, Ed Boone rightfully tweeted that that was a bunch of bullcrap because the majority of them you can get from the crypt. Uh, you can get them from the challenge towers. And a lot of those skins aren't even going to be in the uh, rotating store. So you won't even be able to buy them. So, but like the impression I've gotten just based on what everyone's saying is it almost from someone who hasn't played the game, it almost mm -hmm. seemed more like there was something game breaking about this. Is, is, is it just skins? It's just skins. Uh, that's ridiculous, man. It's, it's skins and... I don't I don't know if you can get these, but there are amulets that you can put into gear slots that only affect tower progression, which is single player only. OK. And uh, you can't take this stuff into multiplayer. So, yeah, because I, I, I remember like people saying that, that some of the towers were next to impossible because some of, of the that is a problem. That is a problem. So, I you, think I heard they were addressing it, though, or maybe they I'm are mistaken. addressing it. They Ed Boone came out pretty much right away and said, hey, we're going to fix this as soon as possible. This is ridiculous. We did not tune these properly. We're going to fix them and we're going to tune the rate at which you earn currency to unlock stuff for free. The, the thing is, the stuff that you get as of right now, April 26th, the stuff that you get to advance in the towers or to help you in the towers, you cannot buy for real money. It's not a microtransaction problem. It's a it's a grinding problem. Okay. So so it's not that you have to spend money to beat the towers. It's just that it's super grindy to beat the towers. It's super grindy and it takes a while. And some of them are time uh based. So you have to I think all of them actually are time based. So you have to finish them in a certain amount of time to get the free rewards. That is a true uh and honest criticism. Because some of them are ridiculous. Yeah, I heard somebody saying they got to like the final uh, fight in the in the tower, and their time ran out, and they didn't get their rewards. Yeah, uh, there's, there's a problem with about that. There's a problem with having to be connected online all the time. That's a true criticism. That's a problem, especially but, for a Switch version of the game. Especially for a Switch version of the game. That's a big. Problem. Uh, you have to be connected online to get your rewards. Uh, you have to be connected online to 
do a lot of stuff, which leads people to think rightfully so that these are going to be microtransactions that are added into the game. And if that is the case, I will come in on this podcast and redact everything I'm saying right now. Yeah. Because that would be bad. No doubt. But right now, as it is, the microtransactions are not bad. The grinding, uh, the balance of the grinding is where the game needs work. But this game does not deserve a 3.0 user score on Metacritic at all. It runs perfectly fine, at least on the Xbox uh, One X. Uh, I can't speak for the Switch version. I've heard it's been having trouble, but that's a different story. I think this is when this weird gamer outrage culture that happens, like on the Reddit and on Twitter, it's it hurts. It hurts games and it hurts developers. Um. But yeah, is, because like as a as a guy on the outside looking in, it just looks like stay away. Because it's yes. true, there are games that have screwed this up a lot. So yes. when you see a game being accused of that, at least me as somebody, I just pass. You know, I'm not even gonna look at it. I I completely <laughs> agree, but at me me myself personally, the amount of skins that I'm getting is perfectly acceptable. The amount of currency I'm getting for the crypt right now is perfectly acceptable. Uh, the crates that you get in the crypt are randomly generated, but Ed Boon came out and said that if you open all of the crates in the crypt, everybody will have the exact same stuff. So they're, I don't know why they made them give you random stuff, but they did. But if you open everything, you get everything. Um. This is this is a problem of false information. This is a problem of outrage culture. Uh and this is a problem with it it turns I can't imagine this doesn't turn developers away from like making games. Why would you want to make games for people who just bash you for no reason and who are ungrateful? Um probably because they're going to see how much money this game's going to make. It's probably going to do pretty good. I hope so. Like right now there's already a sale on Amazon for $10 off. Uh, so I hope it does well. This will be a sad story. If in the end they fix all these problems. And this game wasn't bought because a bunch of people like cried about stuff that wasn't real because someone on Reddit posted something that wasn't true. Yeah. It'll be a real shame. Interesting. Uh, if if you if you are into fighting games and if you have ever been interested in getting into fighting games, this is the game to get. Yeah, so like I um I played Mortal Kombat ten mm-hmm. or X or whatever you want to call it. Um and I played the first Injustice, Gods Among Us. I enjoyed both of those a lot. Those are if both if you enjoyed those games at all, I think this is definitely a better version of Mortal Kombat X uh, for me and I heard that I didn't play Injustice 2 but I loved Injustice 1 I didn't play uh, 2 either yeah the, this the, the fighting feels so good and doing doing some long string of combos that seems ridiculous in your mind feels so good and 
it honestly hurts my heart to see all this nonsense on Twitter and all this nonsense on Reddit hurt this game so much. Yeah. There are there are criticisms that deserve to be levied against it. And I've I've said those. But 3.0 on Metacritic user score is indefensible. It it's atrocious. It is atrocious. Yeah. That's pretty bad. <sighs> I would I I wish I I wish I could literally be 100% positive about this game, but the fact that I have to talk about the negative stuff being said about it and I feel like I I have to come out and defend it uh it it hurts. It hurts. Yeah. That's not the only game I played this week, I promise. Yeah. Uh, well, that's that's Mortal Kombat 11. I can't I'm I'm probably going to play more of that after we're done here. Yeah. What else do you play? I played two hours of Days Gone. Ooh, tell me about that. How was it? Have you ever played one of those games where you have a decent amount of qualms with it, but for some reason you feel compelled to keep going? Yeah. Uh, I know I'm only two hours in, so the qualms could become overwhelming, but... Something something about the world that Days Gone has built and something about the character of Deacon St. John, uh, who is the main character, just interests me. Uh, Deacon is part of the, like, he's a one percenter, he, which is a motorcycle club term, <laughs> not like he's rich. Um, he's part of a motorcycle club, a la... Sons of Anarchy. So is that the name of the motorcycle club, a one percenters? No, you know how motorcycle club people like to call themselves one percenters? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, they do. They wear a patch in the game and everything. Man, I watched all of Sons of Anarchy. I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I probably just missed it. I wish I I wish I could a hundred percent come out and say this game so far has been excellent. But there are problems. Yeah. Um some of the editing in the cutscenes is rough uh, when it comes to camera cuts. Um, I'm playing on a PS4 original, by the way. The frame rate is a bit stuttery. Yeah, I've heard its performance been a little rough. Um, so far, it hasn't been like detrimental. The bike takes a while to get used to handling-wise, and you seem to be riding the bike for a lot of the game. The shooting doesn't feel amazing. And uh, I guess I guess a big pet peeve of mine is that when you use your flashlight, it follows the camera, not Deacon. So you can be pointing behind Deacon and the flashlight will still be going that way. But does he like move his hands? No. Oh, that's weird. It's really weird. And it's, it's really annoying to me. All that said. I want to see where this game goes. And I don't think I've had that strong a reaction to a character in a while of playing games. I see. I've heard some mixed, mixed thoughts on this game. A lot of the reviews are not great. Yeah. Um, and my, my, clearly my review so far isn't great. Yeah. But a lot of that seems to be linked to the gameplay loop, 
mm-hmm. um, from what I've heard, it's just there's a lot of roadblocks through the story yeah. um, where it's like you just want to get through the story, but there's so many like side things you got to do. And it's yeah. just like you do this long, grueling side mission, and then at the end of it, it's like nothing. Like it was just, there's nothing really came of it. There's no yeah. real development or reward or anything from that. Um, and I've heard just some mixed thoughts because I've also heard people talking about, well, the main narrative is really compelling. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, on the other end, they're like, but it just, it's so tedious to get through it. So it, it's kind of surprising to me, man, the way that um, Sony has been doing things. It, you know, their caliber of exclusive has been pretty high for several years. And it's kind of surprising to see something like this. I really expected um a pretty strong narrative from this game i almost expected like close to but maybe not as good as like last of us reaction to this game you know so i'm Uh, I'm surprised to to use the term that i don't necessarily love but i think is an apt description sometimes uh this feels like a double a game more than a triple a kind of generic not generic just it feels like they didn't have a budget to fit their once they couldn't make that vision come true it seems like the vision is bigger than the game or bigger than the budget of the game not Um, as bad as a no man's sky situation i presume but no (laughs) i feel like they didn't give us what they promised whereas i feel like bend studios who's making days gone yeah. It just seems like they they didn't promise anything they didn't give us so far. But we, we just had an expectation because it's a first party Sony game. Maybe 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 it comes down to expectations. Yeah. Uh maybe it's because this is a full sixty dollar game uh from Sony who has been like God of War. Like that's all you really have to say. It's God of War. Came from a came from a Sony first party. But Sony's been knocking it out of the park when it comes to its first parties. Um, that being said, I played the first three hours of last of us and dropped it like a rock. Uh, you didn't like it. No, I did not like it at all. It's interesting. The, char- the characters mean, did not do it for me. I didn't love it like everyone else did, but I still played through it and I enjoyed it. And I thought the story was compelling and I really, I thought it was a really good game. I didn't think it was amazing masterpiece. Like a lot of people did. But I can see where they're coming from when I play yeah. through that game. So I don't know. That's surprising to me. I'm sure that story's great, but maybe it's because maybe it's because it's a perspective that I like or I'm intrigued by. But kind of like this motorcycle club guy who has this very different perspective on the world and how he operates within it. Uh, and it's a lot of brotherhood before anything else, yeah. like ride or die yeah. Um, mentality. And just how he interacts with people feels so good, and I enjoy it. And it's enough for me not to, not to say that the gameplay deserves to be praised. I don't, I don't think it does. For, at this point, I don't think it will. But I think... I just want to see what happens to Deacon St. John. And I think that says a lot for 
what Sony Bend has done to make me, who generally cares about gameplay over anything else, say that I'm intrigued enough to forgive the qualms it's shown me already and want to pursue this this character. Yeah. For me, I'm almost like over here relieved that the game isn't getting glowing reviews because now I don't feel as compelled to play it. (laughs) That's interesting. Um, Because there's so much other stuff out there to spend my time on. There is. There is. You know, but, uh, but I do see people out there defending it because they are enjoying it and they're, they're enjoying the atmosphere and the world that's created and the characters that have been developed. So, I mean, I think that's a good thing. We always want, we always want a game to do that for people, you know? This like a mountain, it, it's set in like uh, Portland, I believe, or areas around Portland. Yeah. Uh, just it's a beautiful area, not like graphically beautiful, but just like atmospherically beautiful. Geographically. Geographically beautiful, and we don't see these kind of areas that much. It's not, you know. Here, here's what it is. I was interested in Fallout 76 because that West Virginia geography seemed very interesting. No, it was because of the song choice, and that's what it was. Yeah. You saw that trailer, yeah. and you heard that song, and you were like, I gotta yeah, play sure. this game. I gotta play it, because um, take me but home. But seeing what that game turned out to be and seeing that world, nothing about it seemed unique or interesting yeah. or what West Virginia could be. It just looked like another wasteland. Yeah. This world in Oregon seems beautiful and lush and something I want to explore and just be in and gets like it just feels like a chilly, rainy morning. And I want to experience more of that with this character that I'm intrigued by. I get that. There's a similar feeling I had with Horizon Zero Dawn. Another game that I did not like mechanically and it caused me to drop it like a ton of bricks i felt like it was it was more than double a that game it it was quality but i can see where you're coming from to a degree but but to me that's kind of my thought was like i was so i was so into the game and so into the characters and into the world and and just you know there's something about going to a space where you're like something crazy happened here and i want to know what it is Mm. Um, and that was like the feeling I got from that. I don't know if that's kind of wh- what you mean or or where you're coming from on on that particular game, but it just that was the driving force behind me pushing through that game. Um, and I really loved it. I thought it was amazing. I think I'm a person who really cares about characters first before I get invested into your world. For me, it's it's both. You know it. it a lot of times I, I feel like games don't have both. No. Um, honestly, but honestly, if, w- if one of them is really strong, it's usually enough to keep me going. It doesn't even have to be both, but like, but both are incredibly important to me, like that I at least have one of those. Like, give me a, a really compelling world of mystery to go through, like a mysterious world, or, or give me like some characters that I really care about. If you give me mm. one of those, you that will drive me through a game that doesn't maybe have the best gameplay loop. 
because I just, mm. I want to know more. I want to learn more. I want to, you know, it's, I want to enjoy the journey of the game. Yeah. I'm definitely going to play more of this and I'm hoping I come back next week to say like, yeah, this character deserved my attention, but we'll see. Um, these are early impressions. Uh, and I'll definitely get into the weeds of the gameplay loop more in the, in the week to come, but it, it does not seem like a great game mechanically, but it seems like a, of an up my alley game from a character perspective. Yeah. So the opposite, the opposite of like doom. Well, doom didn't really have like character development. Well, I'm saying like Doom had no character, but like the gameplay mechanics are impeccable. Yeah. Whereas this has a character that's really grabbed me, but the gameplay mechanics are not as solid. Yeah, it's funny you say it, man, because Doom, I think the the shoot the shooting mechanics in that game are amazing. Oh, it um, carries it. And it's a ton of fun. But like to this day, so I bought Doom on PS4, I bought it on mm-hmm. PC, I bought it mm-hmm. on Switch. Mm-hmm. I've started that game at least three times and i have not finished it to this day really yeah dude that's crazy it's not because it's because something else always comes up but like again it's the because it's the gameplay that grabs me in that game i don't feel like i have to finish it to feel like i got my fill yeah yeah yeah. you know what i mean because i'm not driven by the story i was actually very surprised by how interesting that story ended up being and it might be, no, it's not because I played it again and I played it twice, which I never, I rarely do. And I think that story is so fun and it understands itself so well and it doesn't try to do anything crazy, but it gets that it's a stupid concept, but they build this lore of the Doom Slayer, and I'm all in. Uh, Of course, if that game didn't have the incredible mechanics that it did, I'd probably drop it too. The draw of the game is not its story, but like you said, it's gameplay. Yeah. And you can just play that game and feel accomplished. Right. Because playing that game is fun. Uh, But they did something in that story that I was very impressed by. Well, try not to spoil it, it for me because I am going to finish it one day. It's funny. Uh, I, I it's always not like, like a, it's not what? like a big ending or anything. Maybe it's more like lore and world and like style that that world carries. And maybe that's what helped the story for me, because just listening to like an official like announcement come over the loudspeaker and be like, uh, please be aware of the demon overlords. Uh, try to not like care about them if you can. But, like, in this very, like, official, matter-of-factly way, and then to go up to a screen that is part of a business, and it says, like, a demon incursion in Sector 5. It almost feels, like, sarcastic. (laughs) It's, yeah, they nailed it. Yeah. Like, like, I 100% got what they were going for, and I loved it. Dude, I'm excited for Rage 2, man. But yeah, Doom Doom's a great game. Uh I hope Rage is good. Rage 2 looks real good. Yeah, uh, dude. 
I'm excited. I I'm completely excited about that game. And Doom Doom Two comes out this year too. <laughs> what a world! Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal. Doom Eternal. Uh, but that's it for what I've been playing. Not that that so was Jordan. a short segment or anything. Hey, dude, they're big games. Big games have come out. No, it's big good, games. Man. Big thoughts. It's good. It's it's good stuff. Uh, but what have you been playing? Um, so this week I finished Katana Zero. Was it still wild? It was. Um, you know, I, I have the, I, I don't have the best, the best, the best, the best. I don't have the best attention span in the world. Um, in that game, what drove me was gameplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, story was a bit of a driving factor because there was mystery. Mystery mm-hmm. is a driving force for me in games. Leave me in the dark and I want to know what's up. Um, and, and you know, that's, that's what I feel like that game did. Um, and now that I know everything and there was kind of a reveal, I guess, of sorts at the end, um, I think that game was really good. Yeah. Do I think it's great? No, not quite, but -hmm. it was really good. Um, some would probably call it great, uh, if they were like the kind of person who played nothing but. 2d side scrolling games and loved them to death um but as someone who doesn't really typically even enjoy those games i thought it was really good i really enjoyed it and i would definitely recommend playing it and for 15 dollars, it's a steal i mean it's great do you think there was something for you that would have compelled it into greatness propelled it into greatness um maybe if they had explained what the heck was going on a little (laughs) bit better yeah that was my Um, thought i feel like everything was there but like it was so convoluted in how they provided it it just it was confusing at the end i I think they tried to make it like there was more there than there was but it wasn't in a way where like once it once it showed up i was disappointed i wasn't disappointed i was just like oh okay cool you know like but but i'm usually like the first one to get disappointed because i have such high expectations for this crazy you know reveal and all this crazy stuff to happen so i mean don't let that take away from the game too much just you know set your expectations as it's a pretty wild ride it's a fun ride um it's it's good but i feel like what you were saying about edgy just to be edgy last week is is somewhat accurate yeah um for sure at times um but but the game's really good, and for $15, I mean, I'd recommend everybody play it. It's, it's, it's solid. It's a good Switch title. Um, I don't know that I would have picked it up if I didn't have a Switch. I don't know that I would have bought it on PC, just because there's mm-hmm. like, I have such a big library there. But my Switch library is lacking, and that's a, that's a good addition. So I played, I think, maybe two more levels after we talked last week, and then I said, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I kind of got all I wanted out of that game. Yeah, there's only like maybe three boss fights, two, three boss fights in the game. The boss fight was so good. The boss fights are good. And I was like, man, I want, I want more of this. So you, and you, you beat Mr. Kissy Face or whatever. I think that was his name. So to do with that axe. So there's that one boss fight early on that kind of gets a little wonky. If you know what I'm talking about. And then there's the second boss fight. Yeah, the axe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I beat that guy. Yeah. And I was like, dude, this boss fight's awesome. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah, and it was fun. Yeah, it was and good. And then I was kind of like going and hoping for another one of those. 
and then I didn't get it, and I was like, mm. I think there there might only be one more after that, and it's that's like unfortunate. Close to the end, because that felt that dude, was like the best feeling part of that game. But dude, you get into rooms later on that are so difficult. Um, I got into one room where it was like a wave room. Uh, so there were like two doors and a countdown. And that was enjoyable as like a mini boss fight type thing. Yeah. Was it uh, was it like with the screen on the wall and the dude talking yeah, to yeah, you? Yeah. 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 Um You're pretty close, I, man. That's close to the end of the game. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Is it bad that I just don't feel compelled to <laughs> to finish it? Dude, for fifteen bucks, just just finish the game when you when you're bored of everything you're playing. Just play it through it. Because it's it's good. I enjoyed it. Okay. Um, but I've, I've moved on to Cuphead. Yeah. Yeah. So Cuphead, that's a hard game. Yeah. Katana dude. Zero is nothing compared to Cuphead. No, it's not. <laughs> um, geez, man. I'm, I, I've been wrecked so many times. Dude. Cup, beating a Cuphead boss. So, so, so exciting. So I'm a little frustrated because I, I got like. That first like level that's not a boss fight, I got some coins, you know. Mm-hmm. I went to the shop, and I bought like this shotgun thing, where it, like it just has super short range but shoots projectiles like in a spread yeah. in front of you. And I regret it, and I really wish I bought the tr- the chaser. I think is what it's called, like the homing one. Yeah, because it would have made some of these boss fights so much easier. So I wouldn't have to so, focus on aiming at all. I just focus on uh, dodging. I think the shotgun has its place. Yeah, I just wish I hadn't bought it first, and I can't mm. seem to find a place to get more coins. I just got boss fight after boss fight after boss fight, um, which I'm beating them without the other thing. Like I'm, I'm I struggled with the the ooze guy. I forget what it, his name is. It's like a blue ball that bounces oh, the around. Bo- oh, the blob. Yeah. Yeah. That turns into a tombstone. Yeah. So I struggled with him for a while, dude. He's like one of the first bosses, but dude, he was he was kicking my tail, man. It was, it was killing me. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I eventually beat him, and then the the like two frog guys were like so easy after that. Um, that didn't take long at all. And so I then, struggled with the frog guys more than I struggled with blobby dude. See, opposite for me, dude. I struggled with the with the blobby dude really hard. But I beat I beat them, and then I beat like the carrot. Carrot was easy. Yeah. Um. And Did then, that game make the hop to switch? Well. Yeah, it's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember like the the pre release copies. People complaining like different reviewers were complaining about load times, but that seems to be cleared up. I mean, it's mm. it it's perfectly fine. That game is beautiful. Yeah, the art style is awesome. That it it was said a bunch, but like the first couple times that was shown, it showed up in like a Microsoft press conference like montage for ID at Xbox. And every single time everybody was like, dude, what is that game? Yeah. That game's amazing. Yeah. Just the if a look has ever sold a game, that was it yeah if you've never seen it look it up because it's like it's like this 1930s cartoon and it it nails it 
it nails it so perfectly. Like the look and how everything like kind of bobs to the to the music. Yeah. It's it's just good. I feel like I'm watching those like original Mickey Mouse cartoons, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything just has this like fun bounce to it. Like the boss the bosses have it. Everything's like kind of in like this constant state of dance and it's really good. Um and you you can pl- you can choose to play as Mugman on the Switch without another person which oh is that not that a game... thing no it's not and it's upsetting because Mugman is the best but they seem to play the same i played both. they play exactly the same yeah it's just but maybe it's because like it was just unobtainable because i was only playing by myself yeah but Mugman is good yeah but yeah that game's been fun i haven't gotten super far um i'm i think i'm i'm on the one the first one where you're in a plane that's good. And Plains I've gotten like almost to the end a bunch of times. So, yeah. um, but I'm getting close. Um, Ooh, there's one with like a bird that starts out in a cuckoo house. Like it's a, like it's a cuckoo bird from a cuckoo clock. Mm. Ooh, I'd get to the end every time. And there's just one stage of that boss that I cannot figure out. No, the worst is when you lose and then you see the little guy running through the stages. It like shows you and how you're far like, you got. And, you're and like it's an, like, you're like an inch. <laughs> not like even inch. dude. You're like you're touching like the line. You're yeah, touching you the finish line, man. You had him. Yeah, you're touching think, the finish line. You're like, shoot, I, I have I, to start all over. I love the fact that it doesn't show a health bar or anything. Yeah. Like, you just have to go. But, but I mean, have, you learn the stages, you know, because yeah, yeah. the bosses all have their stages. And you, once you kind of learn that and you get to close to the end enough times, you, you kind of figure out how close you are. Yeah. I think that game could have done without, like, the run and gun stages, which is the one where you got the coins. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's really feels like the only purpose is just so I can get some coins. Yeah, from what I've heard, those weren't even in the game, but some people were like worried that it was just a boss rush game. But I feel like that's what people see it as anyway. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Yeah, (laughs) that's what it was supposed to be. Yeah. And then some complainers. I think it's cool, though. It's fine. Like, they don't bother me. It's nothing crazy. I think you don't even have to do them technically. Yeah, maybe, but coins. Coins. Get those extra HP. Ooh, we played we played a lot of games this week. Yeah. Finally, we can talk about video games we played. Oh, man, that's pretty much all we've done. We haven't gotten to news. All right, we might have to burn through the news pretty quickly. We're going to have to burn through the news. So what better news to start out with than some Epic Game Store? Epic Game Store, dude. It's time for our weekly update from the Epic Game Store. So one thing, last week, I actually missed, I had forgotten to mention a, a story from the Epic Game Store um, where they actually kind of uh, addressed some of the security issues I was concerned about. I know they've kind of addressed it in the past. This one's, I'm a little happier with it, but at the same time, majority, you can go read the article. If you don't have the Epic Games launcher on your computer, you can just go to epicgames.com store and then click on their news tab and, and you'll see it in there. Um, it's just called Epic Games Cloud Security, but I mean, most of the article is still saying, Hey, if you got hacked, it's your fault. Um, which I mean, some of that is true. I mean, you need multi-factor authentication. That's an important thing to have on all your accounts. Um, but they go into things like, you know, your accounts only as secure as your email address, especially if you're using email for, uh, the two-factor authentication. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and 
but they they've talked about some steps that they're going to be taking to tighten security which is really the highlight of the whole thing which is of course out of like the 12 paragraphs it's like one of them but still um they talk about how they're going to be adding new forms of detection for when they people are attempting breaches but they okay. they also clarified they didn't really clarify what that means but they did clarify that um they have actually never been breached people's accounts have been hacked into primarily according to them through use of known passwords that have been uh leaked in other breaches that people have reused oh. um and that is a legitimate issue um and change, they change your passwords ladies and gentlemen here's the real interesting thing is um there's a there's a website that this guy put out called uh, have i been pwned okay i don't know if you've uh-huh. heard of it i've i've checked all my stuff on it before when i heard about it but you can type in your pwned passwords and pwned emails and basically what it means is it'll tell you if your information is listed on the dark web somewhere if it's ever been in a breach or been hacked or stolen hmm. a stolen email is not as big of an issue as a stolen password if you have mm-hmm. a stolen password, you can't ever use it again. You need to change anything that uses it. Because they're saying that most of these hackers are getting the passwords from those lists and then just using them with the email address associated, and it's working, and they're getting in. But if you don't have the proper passwords, then you'll get those emails that I've gotten um, that say, you know, someone's attempting to access your account. Is this you? I've gotten those emails when it's not me. Um, but I've never actually had someone get in because I've checked my passwords there. But they are saying that they're going to um roll out a, a system which they say they've already begun but they're going to be checking new passwords as you set up your account against the pwn passwords list oh which is a pretty smart deal i mean i don't know yeah. how smart I, other companies may do this and not even mention it but they're going to be start they're going to start doing that so if it if your password that you create is on the pwn passwords list then they won't let you use it yeah so i mean that's a pretty big step i think that's a very good thing, obviously, but they talk a lot about external account security. You know, if you have your PlayStation Network account linked to your Epic account, then the security of your PSN account, you know, if that gets compromised, then so could your Epic account. And vice, you know, it just they get into all that different stuff and proper procedures and the way that you should handle things, which a lot of people don't think about some of that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, but you know, it's very important these days that you have two factor and that you have that on all your accounts. Um, and, and, you know, that you, you know, even if you want to get crazy, change your passwords regularly, but at the very least check them on the pwn passwords list. You can Google, um, that website. I can't remember the address off the top of my head, but, um, I've checked mine there. One of the passwords I used for years was on the list. So I had to change everything with that, but I don't use that password anymore. So, yeah. so that was interesting. I missed that last I read week. An, I read an interesting article on The Verge this week that we live in a world now where we can feasibly kill all passwords uh, and just use, like, secure physical keys for uh, any login stuff that you have to do. Yeah. Because we have our phones they have, always with us. Yeah, just kind of like how Apple Pay works, you mean. Yeah, and all the phones have NFC now. Yeah. So we should be able to live in a world where you can just like put your phone by your computer and it just logs you into all the stuff that you try and log into that is yours. Yeah. And, you know, the the beauty of that is none of that is attached to an account. Yeah. Like that. If someone has your Apple ID, they still don't have access to your Apple Pay. Yeah. You know, 
that's all stored locally. But the bummer of that is if you buy a new phone, how do you transfer your confirm that that's yeah how do you how would they go about that can do like nfc to nfc maybe but what if the phone's broken dead or stolen yeah yeah because like if you think about it um when you get a new phone you have to set up apple pay again that's just Mm -hmm. how it works it doesn't bring your cards over so like how would that work with all your account security i think I think we are close to a world that can do that. And I, I think, think so Google too. Is, I think these I think questions, Google is already, I think Android can already act as a, like a physical key. Well, they have Google authenticator. Yeah. Um, which is the best way to do two factor. Even Epic games offers that. I'm pretty sure. So you can use the Google authenticator <clears throat> instead of email verification, um, for your two FA. But, uh, you know, it's hard to say. I, I feel like a lot of those questions can be answered with modern technology. Like we could figure those problems out. I just, just no one's doing it. Yeah. Um, but it, then comes the like, point where it's like, you have to have a smartphone. And I'm, I know most people do, but there are people who don't, um, you know, and it just, there's still part of me that's like, do we really need to make a smartphone more of a necessity than it already is? Uh, but, I don't, um, I don't think this means we have to get rid of passwords altogether. Like, it can still be an option, at least for the time being. Yeah, but at you the same right, time, if like you a have a password, then you're in, theoretically, you're at risk. But, I mean, everybody's at risk right now. Yeah. So if we can make it to only 50% of the people are at risk, add no additional risk to the 50 that aren't using smartphones. But here's the problem. I feel like if we, if we go to this system, or if we were to move to something like that, I feel like somebody out there is going to feel the need to make this all in a database Mm. so that, you know, even if you just had like a card you kept in your wallet that had your NFC ID on it, you know, if you lose that card or whatever, it's not really how it works. You probably couldn't do it on a card because it's not like RFID. It's different, but. Well, I um, imagine you could just like do it. Like if you lost your credit card and just call up the provider or email them and but say, that hey, can you would deactivate mean that our number? All of your accounts are somewhere in a database, which means they're vulnerable. Mm. That's the difference. Like Apple Pay doesn't put any of that stuff in a database. It's all stored locally on the phone. It doesn't go, it's never uploaded. Yeah, they, ha- they, all, they always talk about their, I forget what they call it, but there's like a chip on the phone that is specifically for any yeah. like private information that Such even Apple. Such as your fingerprint or your Even your face Apple ID. says they don't get. Yeah, all that stuff is local. It's never uploaded. So like, if we use the system like that for it to stay secure, it would have to work that way. Yeah. But then there's the danger of if you lose it, how do you restore it? Hmm. Five factor. authentication. <laughs> so it's tricky. I, I feel like yeah. it's tricky and, and, uh, it could, uh, it could have negative consequences if it wasn't done right, but it's definitely an interesting concept. That was a, that was a weird rabbit trail we went off on. Yeah. In more Epic news, <laughs> Because they can't stay out of it. Uh, Tim Sweeney. What is he? He's the CEO of Epic right now? Yes. Uh, He has come out and stated that if Steam matches the cut that they, uh, the cut that Epic Game Stores is giving to developers, that they will cease doing exclusives from like then on. So this is weird. Is this, is this like some weird state? Is it an ultimatum? (laughs) 
You know? I mean, it's not an ultimatum because it's not like we're leaving if you don't do this. It's just, well, it's like, but it is like, we'll keep doing what we're doing if you don't do this. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't know. It's just weird. Um, it's it's interesting because. But what is his motivation behind a statement like that? Here's, what is here's he gain if if developers go back to Steam and get more money than they were getting? What is he my, gain? My thought is he is from a company that once or is a developer, uh, works closely with developers when it comes to Unreal Engine. Yeah. Uh, so they have a lot of stakes and I feel like wanting to keep developers alive and happy. Uh, and maybe he feels like them getting more of a cut can help them be happier or help them help the game industry thrive more than it is. I mean, but I mean, I guess it's possible. He's just a kind hearted human being, but that would be nice. I have a hard time believing (laughs) that's the motivation here. It's just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just cynical, but it's just, I don't know if I get it or is it just him saying, I know they're not going to do it. So let me say this to get some, some good PR because I've, kind of done but a if bad they, job if, with that if they do do it which i doubt they will in the near future unfortunately i wish i wish developers could get paid as much as possible uh like i want everybody to be happy but obviously. let's be real i i don't really think the developers are getting this money i th- i think the publishers are the developers are just getting security well even indie devs um yeah like in, in but that's like, if they self publish if you are big enough, Steam will give you the cut that Epic is giving you if you sell enough games. Um, but people who are developing their own games are not getting that, are not getting those numbers. So they'll never have that. I, I feel like Epic needs to have incentives for indie developers to be on their platform because the way it is, it seems like indie developers might push towards epic more because more money yeah i mean they have we've seen it yeah speaking of which like satisfactory that game looks really interesting me and has for a long time and and now i I'm, it might end up being it might end up being my first epic game store purchase because it's exclusive should i get a banner and like hang it up in your house congratulations jordan uh, no because i'm not that happy about it yeah <laughs> But um, but at the end of the day, it's there's nothing I can do about it. That's the unfortunate truth of this industry and the way it's positioned right now is the way that they're doing this. Man, there's there's no stopping it right now. You know, it seems, Borderlands and it's it's it's, un, it's, it's not going to happen. It seems like Epic is not falling in terms of they make too much Fortnite money to fall monetary. Uh. I mean, even I if even if the store fails, then you know they're still going to make money from Fortnite. And I think that alone, if he really wants this store to go somewhere, just because it doesn't make money right away, doesn't mean that they're going going to bail on it. They're going to have enough Fortnite money to float that thing for a long time. And by That's the true. way, they're talking about it, even if it's not doing bonkers numbers right away, I think they're going to keep it around until people forget about all the bad PR and they get those exclusives and people are gonna be like oh hey yeah i want to play that game and it's not gonna matter 
Yeah. Unfortunately. At least they're at least Epic seems to be moving in the proper direction. Yeah. And they're not just like sitting there saying like, no, we're good where we're at. But at the end of the day, all they're doing is is giving us a viewpoint of that. But but we haven't really seen the fruit yet to to really prove that's actually what's happening. So it sure it makes you feel better as a consumer, which may be all it takes for a lot of people. Um, but it's cause they, it's cause they got all their guys working hundred hour work weeks on Fortnite. Yeah. That's a whole nother thing. Yeah. But, uh, Epic was in the news again. Yeah. But, uh, but I don't know, man, it's, it, it is what it is. I, unfortunately in the, in the world of digital purchasing, mm-hmm. because the markets are controlled by big companies, like it's so different than the physical world because you have like. For phones, for example, for the App Store, you have iOS and Android. That's really yep. the only two big platforms. Yep. And if Apple has an app on their store that competes with them, like say Spotify, they can they they can shove Spotify down or not advertise Spotify or they can keep it on their store, but they don't have to like shove it in your face and they can put theirs up ahead of it and you know, they can manipulate it in certain ways. Not saying they're doing that. I don't know if they are. They might be. But because of the digital storefront is so open and but at the same time controlled by these companies, it's like it's I don't know. It's I'm having a hard time getting out what I'm trying to say. But like think of Epic Game Store. We got Borderlands 3 being exclusive to that. In the real world, if you have a store up the street who exclusively sells this this particular brand of ice cream vanilla ice cream and you're like man i really want that vanilla ice cream but i don't like that store you can go to another store and just get a different brand of vanilla ice cream hmm. but you can't go somewhere and get a different flavor or a different brand of borderlands borderlands is borderlands if mm-hmm. you want to play that game now you have to buy it here you know what i'm saying i don't know if that makes sense it's just yeah. it's just so different in the digital world than the physical world um I'm tired, so I'm not doing a great job of explaining, but, um, but it just, I feel like voting with your wallet is not as easy in this world, this digital world as it was in this physical world. So I just, I don't know that there's much movement that can happen there. I mean, there's sometimes where it does work. Like we've seen Battle, Battlefront 2 and some stuff with EA that is, that has worked. And it seems like some parts of EA are doing the right things, you know what I mean? But it still remains to be seen how all that's going to go, but you know, it's, it's just interesting. Yeah. Uh, and in a world where physical brick and mortar storefronts are failing, uh, because the world is moving into a digital scratch that the world is in a digital future. Um, so many industries have already moved to purely digital. It's in a digital present. A digital present yeah. like the music industry they still make cds but nobody buys cds dude i don't even have a CV- cd player anywhere my computer doesn't even have a disc drive what am i gonna do with a cd apple hasn't put disc drives on their computers for years yeah uh or at least their laptops um dude the do- mac pros don't have it either yeah i'm using a mac pro right now no disc drive not a macbook i meant like the mac pro oh the pros yeah the mac pro doesn't have it it's just that little cylinder black thing it's just a trash can where you're gonna put it it's a little mini office trash can (laughs) 
of modular um, technology supposedly but but back to the brick and mortar section uh gamestop just announced this week that they are doing like a a guaranteed buyback program yeah. uh starting with days gone that you can purchase a game from them new you can open it and everything and if you return it within two days you get full store credit it's yeah. like sans tax so you get 59.99 back yeah so um, i mean technically you're not getting your money back but you can buy something else from them this seems to be <clears throat> kind of a weird late response to digital storefronts properly supporting returns now yeah uh it started with steam um sony is dipping their toe into it but in such a weird way where like you if you downloaded the game you cannot return it which oh. is dumb yeah that's kind of weird <laughs> considering like the console just auto downloads everything <laughs> but to be fair i mean on pre-owned games gamestop has always had a pretty good policy you know you can play it for seven days and bring it back for a full refund in it's I think in cash like you don't even have to get store credit so I don't know if this is trying to get people into the store like day one or getting more pre-orders in. I think it's a pre- uh, probably pre-order. That's probably like a pre-order thing. thing. Yeah. Because now I stump against pre-orders because I think they're dumb and generally pointless. Um, And you should wait to be informed before you purchase something. That's generally how the rest of the world functions. Yeah. I, I agree, and I'm a hypocrite sometimes. I can be a hypocrite sometimes, too. Yeah, I pre-order Division 2. Uh, now that we're doing this podcast, I pre-order stuff just because I'm going to get it no matter what to talk about it. Yeah. No, I, I kind of feel the same way. Um, But I wasn't really pre-ordering games before this podcast just yeah. because it was... Like, I'm probably going to pre-order Rage 2 just because I want that announcer. I want that guy to say Boom Shakalaka. Yeah. <clears throat> i do think that's in the game though you just get it early um if i'm I, not mistaken i thought i heard it was a pre-order bonus but we'll have to look into that um but this is stuff that's gonna have to work out in the shuffle like this is the pain the growing pains of the fact that everything is digital now and other people want to get into the market um but and there's they still are- a good number of people who want their physical media for gaming it's true, but it's getting to the point where I can't even trust like uh, the NPD numbers because they don't track digital sales. Yeah, it's true. I can tr- I can trust them for trends and to say that if Kingdom Hearts sold this much uh, physically, it's probably but we're like we're, relationally going to sell the same digitally. Yeah, or, but what really gets skewed is if it's like a, a a remake of a classic game that maybe only older people are going to buy. Mm-hmm. or something like that older people are probably gonna be drawn to the physical media more than the digital theoretically you know there could be some discrepancies there if like the target audience is the kind of audience that's going to be more likely to buy physical or more likely to buy digital and so it's like they may like not be the same for the digital you know what i mean yeah so uh, it, there there are discrepancies but i think all, i think that point was to say like this is the world we're living in now and PC players yeah. have been living in it for a while. Yeah. Um, and this is that first real competitor coming in and saying, like, no, we're staying. And 
like we don't care what you say right now we're here to stay and our selling point is to developers who want to make more money or publishers yeah because a lot of it is publishers like putting the game onto that service yeah i think that's what happened with metro It, it, it it feels like this growing pain moment right now where now everybody's like digital is here and you're going to see more people and you have like EA's already entered that marketplace. Ubisoft is in that marketplace. Um, uh, Gog, Humble Bundle, uh, everybody is vying for this marketplace and Epic has come in and they've shaken up how they are vying and how they are competing. And is it the best way to do it? I don't think so, but if this Tim Sweeney quote is to be believed, which is sketchy to say at least, they want what's best for the developers, and they want to give developers a better future. And that could be uh, PR, that could be forward-facing BS, but that's what they're doing, and they're doing a dang good job at attracting some big people. Yeah, for sure. So we got to wrap this thing up. So we got a couple other things we're going to touch on, uh, but not too deep. Uh, one, we, we learned about Persona 5S. Scramble. Persona 5 Scramble. Uh, this is going to be a Musou game. I'm not happy about uh, this. A la uh, Dynasty Warriors. Yeah. Uh, Hyrule Warriors. I mean, uh, I think we all, I, I think reasonably... I don't know. Maybe it's too much to expect full Persona 5 game on Switch. I don't think so. I don't know. They put Persona 4 on a PSP. There's a PS a, Vita. Vita. But, a but, PS Vita. But even still, that's a Sony product. I don't know if that really matters. but <laughs> I don't think it does. It's still, like, it's, it's still a bit of a bummer. Because the expectations, I think, just everybody got a little hyped up about, ooh, Persona 5 on the Switch, it's going to happen, it's going to be here. And as somebody who has not played that game, I was really excited to to experience it first on the Switch. Yeah. Um, I might still check out this game that they got that's coming, but I don't know. I, I have to learn more about it. I don't know a whole lot about what they're calling these warrior-style games. I don't really know what that means. Muso games. Muso It means games. there's like 200 bajillion things on screen at the same time, and you hit about 100 of them with each swipe. Okay. That's pretty much what it is. So it's, like it's, hack, it's, it's literal pure hack and slash. Yeah. With RPG elements at least. Yeah, there's a little bit. Yeah. People like those games. Yeah. There are, there is there is a group of people who love those games. I might check it out, maybe. We'll see. I mean, it could be a cool little switch title. Depends on the price yeah. point too though. I don't think I want to spend sixty dollars on something like that. Yeah. But wait for a sale. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I'm gonna talk a little bit about Avengers Endgame. I'm not gonna spoil anything because Jordan will literally jump through my throat and fatality me uh avengers endgame is the culmination of what they're calling the infinity saga that i was hoping for i've been i've been a fan of the mcu from the jump uh i've seen all of the movies in theaters i think i saw iron man 2 with jordan for his like 16th birthday yeah something like i don't remember what year but yeah something like that and then we Um, went and played halo reach and then we played the Halo Reach beta. Yeah. All night. Dude, literally all night. It was awesome. Um, Even though the game wasn't the greatest. But anyway. 
I went into this movie with the utmost highest expectations. Um, I loved Infinity War. That was my favorite movie last year. It's my favorite MCU movie. And this movie broke my expectations because it wasn't what I wanted it to be. But they gave me something better. And they gave me something that was vastly superior to what I thought that I wanted. And my vision for it, I left the theater like slightly disappointed because it wasn't like what I expected it to be. But I thought about it and I sat on it. And what I was talking about characters earlier, MCU is the embodiment embodiment of character first storytelling and building interesting characters so that I get invested into their world. And this movie does that. It's hard to talk about it because you can't really talk about the plot. You can't really talk about anything without spoiling it. Um, if you, if you are at all interested in the MCU, you've already seen it. You don't need me to recommend it for you, but this movie was nothing that I wanted it to be, but I enjoyed it so much because of that. Was it, was it like masterpiece level good? It's it's master it's it's a masterpiece to me. Um and I think it's going to work even better when I can kind of sit and watch Infinity War and Endgame back to back because it really is the same story. Maybe I'll maybe I'll watch that before I go see it Sunday. Yeah, man, it do, it does it does surprising things. It does beautiful things it does funny things it does it does it does everything that i wanted it to do from a character standpoint and so much more i feel like you're setting my expectations too high man don't do it i I would go in with probably your expectations on what this movie should be set low but your expectations on quality set high okay that's fair um because I think I think this movie will not work for some people because they want it to be something that it's not going to be. I don't know what that means, but I don't want to ask for more. You will understand what it means after you've seen this movie. Okay. Because this movie is ballsy in a way that I was completely and utterly surprised by. Uh, I've heard too much. That's all I'm going to say. I That's don't the end. Know. That's the end. I talked about Avengers Endgame without spoiling it. Oh, I want to see it. I'm excited. It's funny reading reviews for this because it's like you have to talk in like the vaguest terms possible. Yeah. Like, like characters. Well, I'm pretty sure like don't spoil the end game is like trending on Twitter. Yeah. It's gonna it's gonna be trending for like the whole week. Yeah. That and like Thanos's butthole. With the whole Ant Man theory. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then Josh Brolin like did the did the Instagram story of him on the toilet. Oh, I didn't hear that. I didn't see that one. <laughs> it's just him like on the toilet, like going ah. <laughs> Pretty good. That's, uh, that's Avengers. All right. Well, how was your beer, sir? Man, it was it was good. It's a good beer. I was done with it in like the first ten minutes. <laughs> uh. I'm obviously done with mine, and holy heck, that was an amazing IPA. Oh, yeah? Yes. Now I just want to find more of their stuff. because, Dude, that was so good. What was the brewery again? Uh, 
Boulevard Brewing Company from Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City Mo. And it was the Space Camper Cosmic IPA. Yeah. Dude, it was... It's it's one of the best IPAs I've had in a minute. Yeah. That's good, it's man. Good. It's, it's good. good when you find something special. I'll be looking for that brewery some more. Yeah. Well, that wraps it up for us. Thank you so much for everybody who took the time to listen to what Evan and I had to say, um, talk about video games and all that good stuff that we love. Um, and uh, check us out on Twitter at, uh, at Button Key Games, Instagram at Button Key Games, uh, and then our personal Twitters, uh, Jordan Button Key, Evan Button Key. And uh, check out our website, buttonkey.games. Uh, there's a form on there, buttonkey.games slash contact, where you can let us know if we said something incorrectly. Uh, or just ask us questions. You know, you never know. We might go over some of those on the show uh, at some point in the future. So um, let us know what you're drinking. Talk to us. Um, we'd love to hear from you. But be sure to check back next week. Um, we'll have some more things, some juicy tidbits to talk about. Um, thank you so much for listening. Stay classy out there, folks. <laughs>